Hello and welcome to Sonographers Spill the Tea, where we're here to discuss all things ultrasound, particularly safety in sonography and cap the caseload. We're here to uplift, educate, and foster a community of wellness and realness in ultrasound. And you'll get no shortage of real talk from me, your host, Joanna Hall. Disclaimer, real talk can get explicit at times, so this podcast may not always be suitable for tiny human ears. Now, let's get into this week's Tea and Sonography. What's good, what's good, what's good, Team Sonal? You already know, it's your girl Joanna on the mic, and I am here to spill some tea in sonography. Today's question is one that sonographers get all the time, and it's, do you even know what you're looking at? Does the sonographer know what they see? And so I am going to break that down a little bit for you today so that you know, is your ultrasound technologist really equipped with the skills to even know what it is that they're looking at? Or are they just a picture taker sending it off to somebody else to interpret and see if those images saw anything? Is it diagnostic? Were we in there wasting 30 minutes of our life pretending to actually be a healthcare provider? Like, what does the sonographer actually know? So I'm going to drop that tea on you today. And here it is. I'm not even going to make you wait for it. Yeah, we know what we're looking at. Absolutely. Your sonographer knows exactly what they're looking at. Somewhere between like 85 to 95% of the time with that good 90% being the median there. And that other 5% is, what'd you see? All right, first of all, we can't even answer that question. So the what did you see thing or can sonographers give results? That's a different episode. That's a different question. And we'll go ahead and get to that one another time. But the truth of the matter is that sonographers are highly trained healthcare providers who absolutely not only know what they're looking at the majority of the time, but are trained to understand how what it is that they're seeing could lead to a diagnosis or a differential diagnosis, right? Maybe we don't know exactly what it is, but we also know what it's not. You can rule out things as well that is going to get that patient to treatment, that patient to an answer. And so while there are other imaging modalities within the radiology umbrella, x-ray, yeah, I bet you they could tell you a little something somewhat what they see. Um, That's important to know, right? We all have to know what our normal anatomy for the most part, yeah, there's variations all over the place. Um, But for the most part, we need to be trained in imaging to know what normal is really, really, really well. That way, when something abnormal kicks in, um, whether that is a anatomical variant that is of no clinical consequence and has nothing to do with what's going on, patient just happens to have, you know, a duplicated collecting system. Is there a stone in there? No, but good to know that they have that because that's important for their medical records, for people to know going forward. If they're having flank pain, mm, yeah, they not only have flank pain and there's a possibility for nephrolithiasis, 
Matthias or a stone, but there's also the possibility that that stone has now happened in two separate collecting systems, right? It, the, the two separate ureters that are coming out of this one kidney. So that's where an anatomical variant can be very important to discuss as far as clinical pathology that's either present or possible for that patient. So we have to know, in a sense, in all of imaging, in all of radiology, what normal is so that we are able to better pinpoint, eh, that don't look right. Even if we don't know that exact answer on what that pathology could be, what we, don't, what we know for sure is that's not normal, right? It didn't look like that in our Netter's coloring book. <laughs> so something here that we have to report on. And so that's true for x-ray, that's true for CT, that's true for MRI. There is a level of competency to know when something don't look right. But as far as sonographers go, man, we don't only know when it not looks right. We have to describe it. We have to really take whatever it is that we're seeing. We got to prove it in multiple planes. We have to present it sometimes. It's not just enough to write your impression, right? Because we're not giving you results. Don't come up to your sonographer talking about, did everything look normal? Eh. Mm. Of course, again, yes, exceptions to every rule. Sometimes, depending on the patient, depending on the emergent case surrounding that patient, sometimes there's not enough time to go write up a, an impression report and wait for the radiologist to decide. Sometimes you just got to make an executive decision and be like, listen, this is what I see and this looks like it needs attention right now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, not you dismiss the patient and wait for something happen because you have discharged them. No, right now we're going to surgery right now and by we I mean you doctor you going to surgery you know sometimes you get to participate and that's always really exciting depending on the case and your level of science nerd is I'm like are you excited about that stuff or are you happy to be like here you go and you're on to the next patient the next case but there are moments where there's something that we if we're not trained to know what we're seeing, that could be detrimental to the patient. That can be fatal to the patient, okay? There are emergent situations that may come in as non-emergent and, and leave out of there um, that you saved a life. So I'm gonna give you a quick example of that right now. So let's say patient is coming in, they're just finding out through either a UPREG or a beta quant that they are pregnant, right? They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. This could either be a really exciting time for the patient or it could be a, oh my God, I can't, I need a minute to process what you're telling me moment for the patient. And usually that's kind of the, the two sides of the coins that a civilian may see or experience. This is either great news or this is not great news, right? But there is a whole other spectrum to that, a different set of questions to that, which is, have you had your draw, blood drawn before and can we follow that? Is it rising or is it falling and by how much? There's also the case, okay, you're a positive pregnancy test, everything looking good, but I don't see nothing inside of your uterus. So based on your blood, there should be something in there and it should be approximately this size, um, but I don't see anything. So now we've gone from those 
initial questions and those initial responses and answers, which is, oh, this is really great news, or this is not really great news, to, oh, shit, this could be detrimental news. I don't see a gestational sac inside of that uterus. And so your sonographer knows that. He or she knows that they can't see anything in the uterus, but this is where that additional layer of training kicks in, right? Do you know what you're seeing or what you're not seeing? If there's not a gestational sac in there, can you just prove that and say, hey, listen, I don't see it? Or do you need to take that investigation and that critical thinking a step further? The answer is absolutely, you need to take it a step further. If that gestational sac is not in there, yes, absolutely, patient could be having a miscarriage, you know, ask them, are they bleeding? How, are they actively bleeding? Do they see any, any tinges of color when they wipe? That may help lead the sonographer in their thought process to know what they're seeing or not seeing or what may potentially be going on with this patient. But let's say they're like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any bleeding. I feel, I actually feel great. I just, I've been having this little pain over here on this side, but you know, I, I figured it was, you know, my cramps. I figured it was me aging. I figured it was me running after my kids yesterday. I feel like it was when I went to go do laundry and, and you know, it could be a million reasons why a female patient would like excuse a pain point that they're feeling. Cause man, I've been having pains for so long, it's real easy to just be like, eh, that's fine. Even recently, right now, I am dropping this episode to you guys while I have tested COVID positive, okay? So I was attributing my, oh, I got a little scratchy throat, I got a little heaviness in my chest, I'm feeling a little achy, I, contribu- I attributed that to my period. Why? Because that's what I be getting. Um, so it's real easy, for somebody to just kind of go, eh, that's no big deal. Um, but what the sonographer has to do then with that extra level of training, and it's not even an extra level, it's just part of your training, is to go, hmm, is this an ectopic pregnancy? Meaning, is that pregnancy still present and horrifyingly, maybe even thriving in a different part of the body, in an area outside of the uterus. And let me tell you, that's dangerous. Okay, that's very dangerous. If a viable pregnancy is located within the pelvic cavity, and it's even gone into the abdominal cavity, you want to talk about some real ectopic stuff and really opening up your mind to where something can be. Um, we have to take that training to the next level and we have to have it um, in order to be able to serve the patient the best way that we can. So that's where we go, okay, let me look further. Where is this pregnancy? The bl- Her blood is telling me it's in there somewhere. Now, I don't have a follow-up, so I don't know if the blood is going up or the levels are going up or the beta is going up or down. But the point of the matter is that it's present right here, right now, and I don't see it where it's supposed to be. So where is it? And so that's when we start going from just a a normal exam, you know, get the protocol, make sure that you get everything that you need to off protocol. Now I'm training. Now I'm in like beast mode. Now I'm like, where is this pregnancy? I'm going to find it because this lady is not about to leave on my watch without me knowing precisely if there is something else in her 
cavity, whether that's pelvic or abdominal, you need to know without a shadow of a doubt that there's nothing going on there. And if you don't know, you need to say that too. Hey doc, listen, patient got so much bowel in there. I cannot see, but I don't see the gestational sac in the endometrial cavity. So I'm concerned that something else may be going on and I can't find it. I can't prove it. In which case, thank you, sonographer. And then it's up to the physician to go to the next level. And sometimes they need that little push. You know, maybe they'll go, ah, you didn't find it. It's fine. Like, no, she needs a CT. You know, she needs something else. If you have a business... You need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design and they have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24-7, 365. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit pair.com free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's pair.com free, promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. Um, and so that's where the, the collaborative team really comes into play in healthcare and imaging and radiology because it really takes more than one person, more than one mind, more than one set of training to provide comprehensive quality patient care. Um, and so I'm very proud to be a sonographer. I'm very proud of my fellow sonographers and everybody who's a part of Team Sano because we have that active and cognitive awareness of not just patient care, but provider care, right? Ourselves as well. And and I just love to see sonographers now getting the recognition for the true level of expertise that they have. Uh, even travelers were finally up to four grand a week, okay? We were competing with nurses for the past two years to say, hey, listen, I understand they're, you know, right there on the quote unquote front line, but guess what? So am I. So am I, you know, and the nurse might be in and out of the room. And that's not to take anything away from nurses. They are they are the backbone to healthcare. I want to be very clear on that. I can't be a nurse. Y'all don't want me to be a nurse. I have no business being a nurse. I'm a sonographer and I'm, I'm a badass sonographer too, y'all. I'm not even going to lie. I'll be tooting my own horn because I love what I do and it feels really great to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm always happy when I get to have a transducer in my hand because it, it, again, forces you to have this different level of awareness and intelligence and training when it comes to healthcare and providing it to another person. But our nurses have been getting that recognition specifically when the pandemic really hit and, and, and travel. All of a sudden, everybody knew what travel was all of a sudden. Like, wow, I only thought nurses traveled. Mm-mm. Nah, fam. There are so many clinicians, so many healthcare providers that provide care in motion in different places, and they're very valuable. They've been able to see different demographics and different protocols and really have, have the skills and the expertise to take um, experiences from 
all over this country and some places all over the world and then provide that to their patients. So that's super valuable just in itself. Um, but before 2022, and, and they were creeping up there last year in 2021, I saw some, you know, two, 3,000 a week take-home rates um, going out there for Allied. Um, but now specifically, I see it for the sonographer. And while, you know, I understand the pain points on what's driving up that number, but that number should have been there. That number should have been there because you are not going to be able to provide the comprehensive care that you want to your patients without imaging. And if you're needing an ultrasound, which let me tell you is getting more and more and more frequent, Okay, DVTs skyrocketed since the pandemic um, or DVT exams. I won't say the actual blood clots skyrocketed on the stats on that. But what I do know is that the orders for ruling out a DVT have gone up and they were already pretty high. But now they're like, oh, my Jesus, they so, so high. So that's gone up. Uh, point of care ultrasound and the implementation of wireless transducers. Oh my gosh, ultrasound is all over the place because people see the value in ultrasound. And I'm gonna promise you that physicians and organizations and the firms and institutions, if you guys haven't caught that episode, um, they already know how lucrative ultrasound is. And Unfortunately, that's what gets used to kind of fluff up that bottom line or even keep your bottom line, um, keep you from going in the red, right? Because it's like, uh, hospitals, firms, organizations, they're bleeding, bleeding money during this pandemic. But, 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 but the fact now that we've got these rates that are reflective, not only for the need, the desperate need for ultrasound, which, yeah, that ultrasound is that cash cow, right? It makes lots of money. But you need the sonographer to go with it. Stop fronting. Stop fronting and act like you could pick up that wireless transducer and you know exactly what you're looking at and how to rule things out and how to find that abnormal pathology or characteristics within the normal anatomy that you uh, have hopefully studied and know really, really well. So I am so happy to be able to really highlight the level of expertise of the sonographer that seems to finally be reflected in the travel rates that they're getting. Because I'm telling you, you want an experienced sonographer. Back to the original question. Do sonographers know what they're looking at? Yeah. And you want that sonographer there on your patient who knows what they're looking at. You want that sonographer there with that level of expertise to go, you know what? I don't even know what this is, but I know it ain't right. And that's okay too. That counts. That counts as valuable. A lot of times, and this is something for the students out there who are listening to me, if you think that not knowing means that you're not valuable, get that thought out of your head immediately. Guessing makes you not valuable. Not documenting makes you not valuable. But seeing and knowing something ain't right, even if you don't know what it is, that's valuable. 
Okay. Sonographers do not get paid to decide the images. Sonographers get paid to provide the images. And somewhere along the line, we're kind of getting that provide and decide responsibility mixed up a little bit. And that's okay. That's part of the struggle. We'll figure it out. But at the end of the day, the reason why that even exists, that level of gray between providing and deciding is because y'all know sonographers know what we're looking at and you know that we bomb. You want to be friends with us. You're like, yeah, I'm going out to lunch with the sonographer because we just a different breed of healthcare providers. We are just a different breed of analytical, probably to our own fault, over analytical. I'm not talking about just myself here. Somebody knows what I'm talking about, okay? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. We're so much more than the analytical mind. Um, but it is that exact mind that is so valuable in sonography, and it's what makes sonographers valuable mid-level healthcare providers. So yes, the short answer to that question, does your sonographer even know what they're looking at? Yeah, they know. 85 to 95% of the time, they know. And the 5% of the time that they don't know doesn't mean that they're not valuable. And it doesn't mean that they're not highly skilled in what they do. It means they're smart enough to know when they have reached they're sealing it. They're smart enough to know when they don't know. And being able to reconcile that, man, come on now. That's what makes us mid-level. That's what makes the conversations happen with the doctors and the nurses and the physician assistants and anybody else who has anything to do with that direct patient care. We get to collaborate with them. And that's what part that's part of what makes sonography so much fun and so intense in some ways that it can either kind of buckle you or build you, right? Is is that opportunity to collaborate with other team members and not just be thought up as somebody who's taking pictures and then has nothing else to do with the process of patient care. That's not what sonographers do. We're high, we're in it to win it with this patient, right? Like we get invested. When we find shit that is not good, yo, we personalize it. We've taken it home. And that's another part of the training, the compassion fatigue that you can feel from finding that, that you know, 39-week baby on the BPP who's supposed to come out next week or who's due for a cesarean section that afternoon, you found that baby with no heartbeat. Fuck. That shit hurts. And you get used to it, I think. Maybe you work in pediatrics, you know, and you scan in the children's hospital and you know that what you're seeing in that baby's abdomen is not only their liver. There's something else going on there, you know. So I want you guys to take away from this and know that we know what we're looking at. And sometimes... That shit hurts. It really does. And we show up again. We show up the next day again. We have a patient right after this traumatic patient. We got another one and we got to have our poker face ready. And we got to be like on our game and not stuck in what just happened in the last case. All right. And that's also part of the discussions that we have as sonographers with other providers. Because we don't want to leave this loose string hanging you know, it, it, it's something that's personal and you don't want to personalize patient care or health care. But at the end of the day, we're humans. We humans coming up in this, 
right? I'm a frontline worker, quote unquote, but I'm a human first. I'm a woman first. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I feel that shit too. So know that when they're looking at stuff and uh, yeah, we know what we're looking at. Sometimes it's great. Oh my God, I love this baby. It's so cute. Look, one, two, three, four, five toes. Oh my God, it's so cute. And other times it's not cute. I see that aneurysm in that belly is six centimeters. I see that aneurysm in that belly has grown two centimeters since the last time we scanned you. It is now emerging. You've gone from six to eight. Please don't move. Okay, (laughs) don't move. Same thing if you see a blood clot that is actively moving during your exam. You are like, don't go anywhere. Don't walk to the bathroom. Just stay right here. I'll be right back. Oh, my God, did you see something? I'll be right back. Uh, Because I can't answer that question for you. So that's my spiel for the day. Does your sonographer know what they're looking at? Mm Mm-hmm. Can they tell you? Mm Mm-mm. But they are going to communicate that information to someone So that we can provide and continue to provide the very best high quality patient care that we can. And that's where sonographers shine. So don't sleep on them. Thank them and and get them a massage for their shoulder because I bet you that junk hurts. All right. I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. And that's this week's Tea in Sonography. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Sonographers Spill the Tea. If you want to continue to get all of the tea in sonography, make sure that you join us on all the social platforms. Go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And visit us on our website, ultrasafeultrasounds.com, where if you're needing any services in sonography, such as staffing or safety, I'm your girl. I'll see you guys next time on another episode of Sonographers Spill the Tea.